Many voters are beginning to complain that the rules governing presidential primaries are too complex and arcane for knuckleheads like themselves to understand. Today, as a helpful guide, the Daily Wire provides a simple primer. First, the Democrats. Democrats hold primaries in all 50 states, plus places like American Samoa and the Northern Marianas that they just made up to mess with you. In primary states, voters gather together to vote for Bernie Sanders, and then delegates are awarded to Hillary Clinton. If Sanders wins a majority of votes by July, Hillary will be named the nominee before the convention begins. If Sanders fails to win enough votes, then Hillary will be named the nominee. Then there are superdelegates. Democrats created the superdelegate system to solve the problem of ordinary people voting for candidates who aren't Hillary Clinton. Superdelegates are the same as regular delegates, except that they wear capes and don't care what the voters want. Regular delegates also don't care about the voters, but they don't have the capes. In several states, Democrats have caucuses instead of primaries. At these caucuses, ordinary citizens gather together in meeting halls and school auditoriums where they eat coffee cake and roll around on the floor punching one another to determine who is the most racist. Then the state's delegates are awarded to Hillary Clinton. Republican primaries and caucuses are generally held atop cloud and shrouded crags of rock occasionally lit by jagged streaks of lightning. Animals are sacrificed to dark Republican gods, and the blood of virgins also plays a role, though it isn't exactly clear what that role is or where you can find a virgin. During the Republican primaries, voters determine what principles they stand for, then the party selects a candidate who stands for exactly the opposite. This is called choosing a candidate who can win in the general election so that he can then go on to lose in the general election. If by chance the voters should somehow override the system and vote for a candidate who actually represents their beliefs, party bosses are empowered to break the emergency glass and release John McCain to lead the GOP to utter defeat. In the event John McCain passes away of old age before the convention, the same thing happens. <laughs> All of this leads to the moment in November when American voters make the decision whether to elect a felonious hag or a fascist blowhard. This ennobling spectacle of freedom in action is enough to bring a tear to your eye. Many tears. Many, many tears. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. You almost got through that without laughing. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter is now playing a drinking game where he takes a shot every time I laugh at my own jokes. I told him he's going to die of alcohol poisoning. All right, listen, we're going to talk about this some more today. We, you are going to learn more about how the Republican convention works than you have learned all this time watching TV and all this. So much misinformation out there. And in a shocking revelation, I'm going to play an actual tape of Barack Obama telling the truth about something. This is never before heard anywhere. But first, a word from our sponsor, Hillsdale College. Now, some of you may be thinking about the American presidency because you have no lives. The American presidency is the most powerful office in the world, but it isn't a monarchy. This comes as a surprise to most American presidents. So many of the current candidates view the presidency as the accumulation of all three powers, legislative, executive, judicial, marital, Oh, well, that's another thing. That is not how the framers designed the presidency. Learn about the separation of powers and how to restore constitutional restraints in a free Hillsdale College course. It's called the Presidency and the Constitution. You can get it at hillsdale.edu slash Andrew. That's how they know that I sent you. Sign up for free at hillsdale.edu slash Andrew. Get a new lesson every week right in your inbox from Hillsdale's professors. And if they knock on the glass and ask to be let out, don't do it, because once they're exposed to water, they turn into something hideous. Learn how the Constitution protects us from would-be dicta dictators by signing up for Hillsdale College's free course, The Presidency 
and the Constitution. Do it. These courses are supposed to be just fantastic. All right. So the Republican Party is going absolutely nuts, right? So that, first of all, I, before I get started on that, let me ask a question. Some, yesterday, somebody tweeted out that they enjoyed our show. I'd been gone for a week, and I came back and said, what a great show. Why do you have to be so vulgar? What, did I say anything vulgar yesterday? Does anybody remember? Am I, am I so vulgar that I don't even know when I'm being vulgar? <laughs> no. It's like I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. Anyway, we're back here in the black hole of this, uh, you know, non-studio that they're building the studio. And meanwhile, they have me in this kind of black gravityless. Uh, you know, it's we, couldn't we like hang some... Some like ornaments on the curtain in back of me. Something I just feel like I feel like. Please, folks, let me out, please. I'm I'm so lonely here. Please. All right, let's talk about politics. You know, the, the there's this absolute blow up in the Republican Party, mostly led by Donald Trump, but also led by the media. And this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how the media, is, especially the right wing media, is kind of messing us up. It's kind of you know, doing it's doing what is wrong in the eyes of God and giving us a lot of false information. So what happened is over the weekend, Colorado awarded 34 delegates all to Ted Cruz. And I think of, ultimately he'll get 37 delegates. And if you read the Drudge Report, it was like they crept in in the dead of night and, you know, just delivered these delegates on Cruz's door and then ran away real quick so that Donald Trump wouldn't, wouldn't you know, touch them. So Donald Trump goes nuts. And, and, you know, the one thing that's wonderful about Donald Trump is he keeps using words of one syllable and he repeats them over and over again. So if anybody's having a hard time understanding him, words of one syllable over and over again. He keeps saying, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged. So... Let, let, well, let's listen. We, here's Trump on the system. I think he's talking to the Fox uh, morning show, uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, I've gotten millions more votes, millions, not just a couple, millions of more votes than Cruz. And I've gotten hundreds of delegates more. And we keep fighting, fighting, fighting. And mm -hmm. then you have a Colorado where they, frankly, where they, they, you know, just get all of these delegates. And it's not a system. There was no voting. I didn't go out there to make a speech or anything. There's no voting. And, you know, I heard Pete say, well, that's the way it is. Well, that really shouldn't be the way it is. This was changed in the summer to help a guy like Cruz, and it's not right now. You know, I won, as an example, South Carolina. I won it by a landslide, like a massive landslide. And now they're trying to pick off those delegates one by one. That's not the way democracy is supposed to work. And, you know, they, they offer them trips. They offer them all sorts of things. And you're allowed to do that. I mean, you're allowed to offer trips, and you can buy all these votes. What kind of a system is this? Now, I'm an outsider, and I came into the system, and I'm winning the votes by millions of votes. But the system is rigged. It's crooked. When you look even at Bernie, I'm not a fan of Bernie, but every time I turn on your show, Bernie wins, Bernie wins, mm -hmm. Bernie wins, and yet Bernie's not winning. I mean, it's, it's a rigged. system. It's a, it's a rigged system. Now, what's really interesting about that is that every word of that is untrue including some of the commas. I mean, there were like, there were like small words like and and but in there that are actually untrue. The Colorado, a political party is not the government. A political party is an independent entity that makes its own rules, and it makes its rules mostly at the local level. It makes its rules in little counties, in, in states, and then it moves up to the national committee. But these rules are made by the states mostly, and the states control how things are done in their state. That's the American way. It's not It's not the government. It's not you vote for something and we get It's the party says this is how it's going to be done. 
Colorado has a complex system that's grown up over the years where they start with precinct caucuses, okay? So that's your precinct. That's your neighborhood, basically. First, they have precinct caucuses. From those, they move on to county assemblies. And from those, they go on to district conventions. And finally, they have a state convention. And all along the way, they're picking people to be delegates who show up. Thousands and thousands of people vote at these things, and they're the people who care enough to show up. And all along, the people are voting, right? Now, they used to have, and they often have, what's called a presidential preference poll. This is just a straw poll where people can go out and sort of express their opinions, but it never had an effect on the delegate selection. So last August, they decided not to have it. And now, you know, they're putting out this idea that they did this to, to wrong-foot Trump. But last August, Trump was a joke. I mean, he's still a joke, but now he's a joke people are voting for. You know, then he was just a joke, and nobody thought he was going to survive. So they just got rid of this little, little opinion poll. It had no effect on anything. It had no... Uh, Point. It would not change the outcome at all. And Ted Cruz, who's a smart guy who learns the system, he goes in and games the system. Listen for just a minute. You know, uh, Laura Ingram had Ryan Call, who used to be the Colorado GOP chairman. She had him on a show, and he, he goes on, and he kind of feeds into this Trump, it's all a rigged system, playing Ryan Call. Uh, while the, the the caucus votes that we've held at, in previous elections in 2008 and 220, 2012 were always straw polls. They didn't bind or allocate the delegations. Uh, they at least were a snapshot into where voter sentiment is in the state of Colorado and the decision by the state Republican Party to cancel uh, that vote taken in connection with caucus really did cut out any semblance of democracy uh, or the popular uh, will in connection with the delegate election event. It became an entire party insider's game uh, with getting uh, delegates to go to county assemblies and the state convention. So while Colorado has over a million registered Republican voters, the only votes that really counted were that uh, of the 3,900 delegates that gathered down in Colorado Springs. Absolutely untrue. Just totally untrue. That's it's not you know he says got rid of any semblance of democracy. That's all that that caucus was was a semblance of democracy. It was just people telling their opinions. It had no binding effect at each one of these levels: the district, the precinct, the county, the district, the state. At each one of these levels, there were votes. People showed up, and anybody could show up. You know, you or I, if if we were in Colorado, you could show up. It was completely democratic. It is this arcane, weird system, I admit, but that's the way the state does it. It's built from the ground up. So. Well, let's listen to Ted Cruz's response, because, you know, Cruz went out there and he's doing the job that needs to be done. He's going out to these places. He's knocking on doors. He's got a ground game. That's what they mean when they say a ground game. So he was on the John and Ken show on radio. And here's Cruz's response, which is, I I think, pretty straightforward. There were a whole series of elections and people showed up and they elected their delegates. Um, And 34 delegates were elected altogether. We won all 34. Donald Trump won zero. And what he's angry about is that people keep voting against him. I mean, this he's now lost 11 elections in a row in four different states, and it, ma- he, it makes him angry. It makes him scared, and so he strikes out and attacks. I, but but, I, but I, this is called I know, democracy. Yeah, I, 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 no, I understand what you're saying, but obviously Trump has support in Colorado. It's not like he has 0% support. So is this a matter of you and your uh, campaign team being very smart at – managing this delegate process and Trump Trump's team is completely out to lunch? No, this is a matter of grassroots support showing up and activists showing up and voting and winning the elections. And listen, it is the case in many states that that 
the winner gets all of the delegates, even though, of course, other people have support. You know, in in South Carolina, Donald Trump got just over 30 percent of the vote. He got 100 percent of the delegates. I mean, that's actually the way the system works. Now, you know, I I do support Ted Cruz and I am an opponent of of Donald Trump and a strong opponent of Trump, not not because I disagree with him, but because of who I think he is. But every word that Cruz just said was true and every word Trump said was false. I mean, it's, it's that simple. There are facts and there are words to describe those facts and the words that Trump is using don't describe the facts and the words that Cruz is using do. It was a local, you know, I told you yesterday I was at this debate with Jesse Lee Peterson, my pal, a great guy, and we had this wonderful debate where he supports Trump, and I was arguing more against Trump than for Cruz, really, but I did argue for Cruz as well. And I brought up this idea of how wonderful it is that Trump is not a politician, that Trump is a businessman, he's an outsider, and he keeps saying, I'm an outsider, I just want to make America great again. And I said to the people, and it's a packed room, I said to the people, if you if your pipes burst in your house and your house was flooded, and you hired a plumber to fix it, and he was a bad plumber. And you hired another plumber to fix it, and he was a bad plumber. And you hired a third plumber, and he was a bad plumber. Would you then say, that's it, no more plumbers. No more plumbers. I am hiring a guy who knows absolutely nothing about plumbing to come in and fix my, you know, because the one plumber after another is no, well, of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. You know, there's, Rush Limbaugh really nailed this the other day. Let me read to you what Rush Limbaugh says. I don't have the, I don't have the uh, radio, the sound bite, but let me just read it to you from his, his website, a transcript. This is Rush. He says, I don't see Ted Cruz lying and cheating his way to the convention. I see a lot of hard work. I see some people who know what they have to do, given where they are. They're in second place in both the vote count and the delegate count. They're serious about winning. The Cruz team is serious about winning. They have made themselves fully aware of how the process works, and they've been out working it for quite a while. They went into Louisiana, where Trump scored a massive win, but they've come out of there with many more delegates than by appearances they should have. He goes on, but, well, he goes on, Ted Cruz had goals. He worked the problem till he got the result he wanted, but he's demonstrating, folks, he's demonstrating he knows how to work himself within this insider labyrinth. And by the way, I personally object to the idea that it's an insider labyrinth, these things, that this is a party, it's a presidential party, it's an independent entity that makes its own rules. Rush goes on, Cruz knows how to navigate it. He knows how to work it. He knows how to turn it to his advantage. You have to look at this and say, okay, what does this tell us about Cruz if he should become president? No matter how enamored you are, and a lot of people are, no matter how enamored you are of the notion of a total outsider with no links to the establishment, no links to insider politics, nothing whatsoever, you're fascinated by that happening, somebody coming in and just totally wrecking the castle, finding out that you can't do that without getting inside the castle first, because people inside the castle are not going to let you crumble the walls. And Rush ends by saying, you know, being an outsider has benefits, but it has drawbacks too. And knowing the rules inside and out and outworking the competition is not cheating. If you happen to be more knowledgeable of how things work and are able to work it to your advantage, that's just hard work. That isn't cheating. And ask yourself this, when you're president, When you get elected and you're in the White House and you're dealing with the labyrinth of the House of Representatives and the Senate and the rules and the Constitution, who's going to be the guy who can do that better? Who is going to be the guy who knows how to make that happen? Is it going to be Donald Trump who thinks you make a speech and then you've won because a lot of people cheered? Or is it Ted Cruz who obviously knows the intricacies, study the intricacies, and he knows how to work it? All right, now we'll get back and put this in context in just a minute. But first, our sponsors. We love our sponsors. This is Reagan.com. Your privacy is under attack. 
You know, I, every time I say that, I feel like I'm being like this panic monger. Your privacy is under attack. Oh, they blew up my privacy. But it really, really is true. You know, your privacy, you hardly have any privacy anymore. Every time you write an email, there's a company that is taking information out of your personal emails and using it to feed advertising into your computer. It drives me absolutely crazy. And, of course, we know the government is, is gathering information just en masse. It just gathers everything it can so it can go search it when there's a terrorist attack and they can make sure that some 90-year-old grandma and you know, in Passaic didn't commit this terrorist attack. You can take back your privacy by getting an email at Reagan.com. You get your name at Reagan.com. That becomes your private email address. Not only do you then have Ronald Reagan's name on all your emails, which gives it a kind of official stamp, makes you sound like you know what you're talking about. I know you don't, but you know the people who get your email and has Reagan's name on it will think you do. And you know that your emails will never be scanned or shared with third parties. So go to ReaganPrivacy.com and get your personal private email address that will not be scanned. You get two free bonus months at ReaganPrivacy.com. Okay, let's put this in, in perspective. We're between Wisconsin and New York, essentially. Ted Cruz just made a big stand in Wisconsin, massive victory, kind of put in doubt the question of whether Donald Trump can win the majority of delegates before the convention. And we'll get back to that in a minute because the rules to that are very complicated. Trump is now in his home state. The polls are showing that he is ahead over 50%, and the rules are complicated, but there are, something, there are 95 delegates in New York, and if you win a, a precinct, a district, by over 50%, you get all the delegates in that precinct. So being over 50% is a big deal. I don't think the polls now show Trump at, with over 50% of the vote in New York. I don't think he's got it. I think he is way below. I mean, significantly below that number. I, I say this because of the way he's acting. I say it because of what I'm hearing on the ground. I do not think that Trump has that 50%. If he doesn't make that in New York, if Cruz walks away with delegates out of New York, which he's, I just think he is very, very likely to do, Trump is in big trouble. Now, let me just put forward this one thing because I, I keep listening. I listen to all the commentators and I listen to read the stories and people are not quite telling it like it is about the convention. The rules of the convention that they're talking about are not the rules of the convention. The rules of the convention that they're talking about, this rule where you have to have the majority of delegates, those are the rules from the last convention. Those are the rules from 2012 convention. Before the 2016, right now, as we speak, the RNC is meeting and drafting a new set of rules. Okay, so they can draft a set of rules that says you don't need a majority. They can draft a set of rules that says right now there's this rule, I can't remember, 40B, I think it is, yeah. There's this rule that says you have to win a majority, in, you have to win a majority in eight states, right, to even be considered at the convention. They can get rid of that, okay. Right before the convention, like a week before the convention, delegates, cho chosen delegates, a man and a woman from each state, get together into a committee, go over the rules, and write a new set of rules for the convention, okay? That's gonna happen before the convention. One of the things that's happening behind the scenes with all this yelling and screaming is the, the candidates are trying to get control of those delegates who are gonna write those rules, right? Because that's gonna change everything. And once they're in the convention, if in the first, we all, we all know that in the first ballot that uh, the delegates are bound 
two candidates. Some of them, it's state by state. The rules are made state by state. So some of them are not bound, are bound, I think it's three-fourths or something like that, are bound in the first ballot. But afterwards, some of them are freed. Some of them are not freed. Some of them don't get free. Once that starts happening, they can go back and change the rules again if they have to. Because remember, people have to get home. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a joke. You know, people, these are ordinary people. You know, there are, there's no such thing as ordinary people, but these are regular non-politician you know, people who are out there doing this stuff. they got to get home. they got to get back to their lives. So if they, they can't come to a decision, that's when things go crazy. Very, very unlikely to happen. You know, they keep using this term, bro- a brokered convention. <laughs> Even that term doesn't make any sense anymore. You know, there used to be brokers. There used to be a guy with a cigar and a hat, you know. I mean, like, who wears a hat anymore, right? They, you know, you used to have a cigar and a derby who controlled all these delegates. So he brokered the convention. He would say, you know, I'll give you my delegates. if you get... Now it's not like that at all. You know, Donald Trump can come in and he's hired a guy to do this. He's now hired a professional to do this. Donald Trump can come in and say, like, to a delegate, how would you like to come down to my Florida resort and hang out there for a while, and we'll discuss this? Totally legal. Totally legal. He can do that, you know? He can, you know, he can, he can put all these, you know, emoluments and not, not bribes, not quite bribes. You can't, I don't think you can just pay the guy off, but, like, you can, you can give him a lot of stuff, travel and, you know, uh, a night out on the town and whatever, but all those things to make him like you. There's a lot that's going to go on, and Donald Trump, I fully believe, is going to be very good at it once once he gets in there. But right now, he's he's lazy. He's been lazy. You know, he has been lazy. While Ted Cruz has been learning the rules, he has been lazy. And and the thing is, the thing that's really bothering me is our media, the right wing media, and the two names that come immediately to mind is Sean Hannity, who's a great guy. And Laura Ingram, who I don't, I've spoken to her several times, but I don't really know her, but she's always been incredibly nice to me. They are putting forward this idea that somehow you guys are being cheated, that if the convention, it goes to the convention, it becomes a free-for-all. And, you know, obviously the party, the party people are kind of hoping some more establishment-type candidate like Paul Ryan is going to descend in a cloud and he's going to be appointed. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But... Hannity and Ingram are kind of making it, they keep saying things like, well, it looks bad. It's not democratic. It's, you know, they're cheating you. Hannity says, I'm going to walk out. I'm going to walk out of some candidate. You know, what's he talking about? What is he talking about? You know, let us listen. Here's this shocking moment when Barack Obama told the truth. He was, this is in the interview he gave to Chris Wallace. And when Barack Obama tells the truth, it's always the same way. He's always telling a general truth to hide a specific lie, okay? He does it all the time. He says these things that are true, you know, like he'll say, well, the, the, you know, we're very divided, and that's why people don't like my Iraq policy. We don't like his Iraq policy because he blew the Middle East up, you know, out of pure incompetence, out of pure incompetence. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're divided, but we are divided. So he is telling the truth there. So here's a moment when he is talking about the way the media has become sequestered, the way it has become a feedback loop for our own opinions. So play Obama. The danger both among Republicans and among Democrats who increasingly just listen to each other, they, or, or they just listen to people who already agree with them. Uh, you know, Republicans, they have their own TV stations, Go their ahead. own radio. You can radios. say Fox News. <laughs> they, 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 they've got their own publications, their own blogs. Democrats, same thing. Increasingly, what happens is we don't hear each other. And so what happens then is when Republicans promise to repeal Obamacare and it doesn't get repealed, 
they're outraged. Well, it must be because Republicans were corrupt or unresponsive or big money got involved. If Democrats get frustrated, they say, well, why didn't we uh, have a public option in our health care system or have a single payer system? Well, it turns out that 85% of the people get health care through their jobs. They're pretty satisfied with it. They don't want big change on that. That's why it didn't happen. It wasn't necessarily because there was uh, some, uh, you know, corruption or, or venality or that, uh, you know, people were unresponsive to, to democracy. People disagree. See, the thing is, of course, you know, Obama, even when, he, even when he says something that's basically true, he's still insulting and supercilious. He says the Republicans have a, their own TV channel. Well, yes, that, that may be true, but the Democrats have three networks, CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the LA Times and just about every major newspaper in the country. But let's leave that aside for just a minute, because right now we're excoriating the right-wing press. Right now we're talking about the right-wingers, okay? He's right. Obama is right. People disagree, and they are Americans, and they are part of the system. Politics is like is very much like a football game. I mean, this is a good, perfectly good metaphor. You're trying to move the ball downfield. You're trying to move your ball downfield. We're trying to move it toward constitutional government. They're trying to move it to communist slavery and destroy, destroying our republic. Okay, <laughs> but 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 they're Americans. We're Americans. They have players. We have players. They're trying to block our movement. Sometimes you can only pick up a yard. Sometimes you lose yardage. Sometimes they score. Sometimes you score. When you're sitting behind a microphone. You're not in the game. You're not in the arena. You're just an announcer. You're just observing what's going on. And to say, well, that guy didn't pick up the ball and walk into the end zone. He's a traitor. Paul Ryan's a traitor. Even John Boehner. And I'm no big fan of John Boehner. Oh, he's a traitor. He's a traitor. You know, he is playing the game. He's in the arena playing the game. He may fail. He may be bad at the game. You know, you can criticize the guy. It's a democracy. He's open to, to criticism. But this idea, this idealism that they put forward that somehow everything's supposed to work in our favor and the, and the wave is supposed to part simply because we're right, and we are right, but simply because we're right, that doesn't mean the other players get out of the way. People disagree, okay? So you have these channels that live off your rating. Fox News, CBS, they live off your ratings. All the, all the commentators live off your ratings. They want you to listen. You stop listening when you disagree. I get this email every day almost. You know, somebody says, you said this, I'm never listening to you again. You said this, I'll never read your blog again. I think, really? You agreed with me 98% of the time, and then I said this, and you're never going to listen to me again? Really? You just want to hear your own opinions fed back to you? When they tell you, when Laura or Sean go out there and they say to you that you're being cheated by this convention... They're encouraging your ignorance. They're encouraging you to be knuckleheads. They're telling you that your passions, your ignorance, your feelings actually should rule the, the system. It's not a democracy. We're not living in a democracy. We're living in a republic. The founders never even used the word democracy in the founding documents. It doesn't exist. It's a place where we are represented by people who are supposed to do our will. If they don't do our will, we throw them out. This is the way the system works. And Cruz should be, as far as I'm concerned, Cruz should be celebrated for his victories. And by the way, everything that Cruz is doing, Trump will be doing soon. He's got the guys. He's going to be in there. Believe me, when that convention comes, he's going to be just as strong and just as smart. He's got a lot more money to play with. He's a lot more dishonest than Cruz. He's willing to do a lot of stuff that Cruz isn't going to do. So, you know, they're playing to you. They're, they're willing you to ignorance. One of the things that struck me when I took a week off and kind of got to think about it, we are on the verge of living in the future. 
you know, we are almost not living in the present anymore. We are almost living in, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I mean, we're living in times when they're going to print your organs, when times when you're going to have, you know, software embedded in your head. You know, things, manufacturing jobs, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. Donald Trump can tell you they're coming back. They're not coming back. That's not the way it's going to work anymore. Borders, yeah, borders have to be secure. There has to be law, but borders are going to be less important. Too bad. You know, I'm sorry. You know, you like traditional marriage? So do I. I believe in it with all my heart. Traditional marriage is going to have more and more pressure brought against it. People, you know, you think people are sleeping with the, you know, their same sex now. They're going to be sleeping with machines. They're going to be sleeping with all kinds of things, you know. It's going to, it, we are in a fierce and ferocious moment of revolution. This is a revolution. Things are, are changing, and I haven't heard a new idea from any of these people, frankly. I mean, I, when I, I listen to the left, what are they talking about? Can a guy put on a bra and use a girl's bathroom? I mean, you think that is going to save our nation? You think our nation is going to be saved by, you know, predators dressing up as women and saying, oh, I believe I'm a woman, I'm going to go, you know. That's a nothing. It's a nothing. I know it makes people emotional, but it's an absolute nothing. It's stupid. It's dangerous. It, it won't stand because the minute it happens, people, girls are going to get attacked. <laughs> but it's a nothing, you know. And quoting Ronald Reagan is a nothing, too. I lived through Ronald Reagan, great, great president. He solved the problems of the 80s. They're gone. You know, the 80s, that's a long, long time ago. Those are not the problems that we're facing now. And as long as we have these, this media encouraging us in our ignorance and on our passion and our anger, we're not going to look around and see what's going on. I mean, are you, are you angry with a reason? Is your life making you angry? Or is it just the guy you hear on TV who's making you angry? Is it just the ideas that you're talking about that are making you angry? Look around. If your life is making you angry, then start to ask yourself, what can you do about it? And is there anything that these politicians can do to change it? Because there might not be. I, I just think that to sell you your own ignorance back to you is a sin. And I know that the system, the media system, is built to do that. It is built to tell you what you want to hear. All right, I have to stop. I'm out of time. But I will stop with stuff I like because I will not go out without a stuff I like. Uh, today, we're, this week, we're doing bad movies that are good. These are not movies that are so bad that they're funny. These are bad movies, but they're really good. They're really fun to watch. And yesterday, I can't believe this. Yesterday, I, I only have a few of these that I want to put forward. And yesterday, I talked about Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. This is another Patrick Swayze movie. This guy is the king of bad movies that are good. I won't do three of Patrick Swayze in a, in a row, but this is Point Break, and I have not seen the new Point Break because who cares, really? In 1991, Catherine Bigelow. And the thing I like about Catherine Bigelow is Catherine Bigelow likes men. Catherine Bigelow is one of the few women directors she really enjoys crazy men. And she, she you can see, she get, there was a moment in that, that one about the about killing bin Laden. What was that called? Zero Dark Thirty, I think it was called. Uh, there's a moment where she just has the special forces people, uh, you know, playing ball and talking like guys talk when they're together. And Jessica Chastain is watching them. Jessica Chastain just cracks up with this look of affection for these rough guys. That's Catherine Bigelow. I think she really loves these rough guys. This is a story of uh, Keanu Reeves plays an FBI agent who has to become a surfer because there's a gang of surfers robbing banks dressed up as ex-presidents. They're wearing masks. I mean, it's that stupid. It is that stupid a movie. And yet it's absolutely great. You know, I once walked on, I was staying in a hotel near the Fox lot, so I didn't drive on, I walked on. And as I'm walking onto the Fox lot, I saw a limousine come out. 
I just on an instinct, I looked in the back of the limousine, and Ronald Reagan was in the back of the limousine because his, his wife, Nancy, had a, an office on the Fox lot. And I walked into my meeting, and I said, gee, I just saw the star of Point Break. You know? <laughs> there he was, the famous ex-president. Anyway, terrific movie, the worst dialogue. Keanu Reeves, who has been in so many good movies, is one of the worst actors who ever lived. He is a walking piece of wood, and yet he just knows how to choose a good story and a fun picture. And uh, Point Break, bad movie. It's great. All right. I really am out of time. I've been going on much too long, but we'll get back tomorrow. I hope if we have time, what I really want to talk about is sex and God. You want to talk about vulgar. I'm going to be so vulgar tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is the Andrew Clavin Show. Come back again, please. (laughs) 